Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now we're joined by Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson. And so, Kevin, how have you been lately? Doing great, guys. You know, getting ready for some Razorback football this weekend and covering basketball. It's one of my favorite times of year because, you know, school's back and, and college sports is really you know, lifting up, lifting off again. And, you know, the summer's great, but this is, you know, this is really probably my favorite time of year. So being a basketball junkie and going all over America to see all these games during the summer and everything else, do you enjoy football? Do you, and do you get a chance to watch? Oh, yeah. I love it. I love football. I'd, I'd be covering football if it weren't so well covered. I, I started covering basketball because I felt like it needed it. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan and, um, you know, I'm, I watch just like everybody else. It's a junkie for football too. I watch, I stay up late and watch games in Hawaii. You know, did you I watch picked, Vanderbilt in Hawaii? I did. I, I picked, I actually picked Hawaii to win because <laughs> they were at home and you? only for that reason. Um, yeah. and, and boy, was I wrong. So, <laughs> well, if you watch um, the game, okay, it's 63 to 10. That's all I know. And we had a caller yesterday that said he fell asleep with Hawaii leading ten to seven. What happened? What did Vanderbilt do after that? Everything right. I mean, forcing turnovers, uh, getting to the edge uh, with speed and outrunning. I mean, in, in Hawaii, just I mean, both of these programs have been struggling, right? Not very good last year and recent years. And um, you know, Vanderbilt under its second year coach looked really good in that matchup on the road and you know it's not always easy for teams to go over there and and be sharp but i mean if that was if there was a description for vanderbilt it was just stronger in all three phases of the game superior and we haven't seen Vanderbilt. we've seen some decent vanderbilt teams since arkansas's been the sec we know they're not one of the it's not one of the top half programs usually at the bottom rung but there have been times it's been decent uh, but it's been pretty pretty bad. Well, Arkansas fell on hard times. We know that. Uh, but but Vanderbilt, you know, looked like the t- looked like a team at least uh, the other night that can compete a little better here in the SEC moving forward. They get Elon this week, so guess what? They're going to be two and zero. I don't know. You know, maybe when Franklin was the coach there, they were two and zero. But it's been quite a while since that's happened. Okay, so before we talk a little bit about basketball, which is your specialty. Arkansas plays Cincinnati Saturday, ranked opponent. That doesn't happen very often in the first game. What do you think about this game Saturday? I think it's a great way to start the season. It's obviously going to be challenged. Um, I think it gets your fan base excited, though, to come into a game like this. You know, and you've got BYU on the road a bit later, so you've got two really good non-conference games. And we know what the SEC, it seems like every year Arkansas awarded the toughest schedule in college football. Um, so they're, they're, you know, uh, but when you when you also go out of conference uh, to play these kind of games, and I, so I think it's a, and I think it's great um, that Arkansas starts off with with, you know, uh, you know, two ranked opponents in Fayetteville to start the season. So, you know, I think it adds to the excitement of a program that has obviously turned things around. I mean, Arkansas comes in preseason ranked in the top twenty in football. It, this is the school year, the calendar school year academic year and athletic year, I think Arkansas is going to have its big three sports, football, basketball, and baseball, 
all preseason top 20. I don't know if you researched stuff like that, Rick. I haven't, but I'm, I wonder if, how long it's been since that, that happened. Wow. Okay, I'm just going to have to start thinking about that. Obviously, in the late 70s, it was common. Uh, in the late 80s, Arkansas was struggling at basketball when they were good at football and baseball. And, boy, since, uh, since Arkansas has come in the SEC, and that's 30 years now, it probably hasn't happened very often. I'm trying to yeah. think Houston's early years. Yeah. Okay, 90, yeah, 99, uh, maybe Arkansas, because uh, Nolan's teams were still good at that point. Mm-hmm. Baseball was good. So that's probably the last time we saw all three of them ranked in the preseason top 20. That's a that's a really good point, Kevin. Well, it's just something to... I was thinking about the other day, because the football team last year, I really felt like for the first time the program since Petrino was here, uh, was just consistently you, – you, you started to expect Arkansas to either win or have a chance to win any given Saturday. Even at Alabama, you didn't go in there hopeless. And so I think this season, you know, you build on that and you see the preseason ranking. Now, Arkansas has got to go back it up. We just talked about you open with a ranked game. Um, you know, I expect Arkansas will, will, will win the game, but I'm not – you know, you know that's why you play them. You don't know. Uh, but this is not a cupcake. This isn't a rental win. This is going to be a, a, a valid matchup. Anytime you've got two teams coming in ranked, uh, you have expectations for, for a good game. And, you know, if Arkansas runs away with it, then we'll be, you know, having fans predicting a, a, an unbeaten <laughs> season moving forward. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, I suppose it's too e- too early for basketball visits. And I guess the next big Am I correct? The next big basketball visit weekend will be September 16th through 18th? Well, that's true. Before then, Arkansas coaches are going to are going to get out. Uh, September 9th is the first day that the, the recruiting period opens back up for coaches to go off campus um, and, and go see recruits. And so Arkansas will probably spend some time in central Arkansas, Little Rock area, uh, pretty soon, after, you know, starting September 9th, coming down and seeing guys like, um, you know, uh, class of 2024. And I'm, I'm going to call him a priority target now. Uh, KNR Boateng, the 6'5 wing at Little Rock Central. Uh, 247 Sports has him ranked 36 in the country. Uh, he's, you know, right around top 50 or inside the ASPN just up there. He's ranking, he's 44th. But uh, he's a guy that, that Arkansas has taken two unofficial visits in the span of five weeks over the summer to, to, to Arkansas. Um, and then you've got um, uh, Layden Blocker's brother, Landron Blocker, also class of 2024. Uh, J.J. Andrews, the son of Sean Andrews, the former Razorback All-American lineman and NFL yeah. pro bowler, um, uh, who's a basketball player at Little Rock Christian Academy, 6'3", six, six, pushing 6'4", six, guard. Class of 2026, so he's you know he's a young guy, um, you know that's that's really going already getting some high major looks. Uh, but you got several players. I think Arkansas not only in the state, obviously, but their coaches will get out around the country to see some of their top level, uh, you know, recruits, including class of 2023, because we know they've really just gotten started there with with Layden Blocker's commitment back in June, and you know there's more work they've got to do. You mentioned that weekend. The 16th through the 18th, that's when they fall. The top 15 five-star, 6'11", Ford Center, his cousin, Asani Diop, a top 50 guy, according to ESPN, also 6'10", 
Uh, but both of those guys are their cousins, their teammates. They're out of Denver. They come in for official visits. They were on campus back in February and officially for the Arkansas-Kentucky game. What a big day that was at Bud Walton. And uh, they, they had an unofficial visit that day. Spent time with the coaching staff actually after the game. Uh, so they did more than just attend the game that day, but they're coming back for that official visit. Um, so you've got Arkansas still looking at Wesley Yates in class of 2023, 6'4 shooting guard out of Beaumont, Texas. There's still some talk about having him on campus. His dad recently told me they were trying to get a weekend in September. They've got other visits, LSU, Texas. Maybe they, maybe they look at doing something in October. Uh, we know, well, bring up Ron Holland's name again. He's already visited, but the top 10 five-star of that 2023 class took his official visit after Layden Blocker in June, has since, you know, had previous, prior to that visit at UCLA, since then had visited Kentucky. Uh, he's got a Texas visit coming up, and those are his top four schools. He's also considering the, the NBA G League Ignite. So you've got, you know, you've got several players still on the board in that 2023 class. Uh, but you've got younger guys, uh, you know, that I mentioned uh, in 24, um, even a 26 player. So you've got reasons for Arkansas not only to get players to come in for visits, and those football weekends are great to do it, especially for players you're trying to get either committed or get on their radar. You don't want to just wait and have them come in basketball season if you can get them in football season and, and then get them back for a game in basketball season too. Why not make take advantage of all of it? This is what I see this staff doing, guys. Uh, So I think they're going to make the most of football rolling into basketball, getting players on more than once, sending players back more than once if they can. Uh, And I think it's going to extend down to classes, like I said, even 2026. So, um, you know, this is how Arkansas does it under Eric Musselman. They stay busy. Uh, They they, they cast a wide net, and football season's a great opportunity once school's back to take advantage of those weekends when they have home games. Let's go back to fall and Diop. Okay, so they're they're coming uh, quite a ways, and this time they're coming for a, an official visit. They came quite a ways for an unofficial visit, and every indication was they really had a great time. Uh, are, are you thinking that these are two guys that Arkansas has a great shot to get? I do. You know, I've been saying for months that I think Arkansas is in the lead. I still feel that way. There's visits set up for Rutgers in Texas before the Arkansas visit. Rutgers would be this weekend. Um, and then Ball also has a, a return visit set up with Seton Hall at the end of September. They'd already taken an unofficial visit there. Uh, both players have released a top seven uh, or a top eight. Each one put out their own list. Some of the teams were the same teams. Some of them were a little different. But I think they want to play together and stay together for college. Um, uh, so, you know, that's um, – to me, that I think Arkansas, like I said, is, is in the driver's seat there. We know recruiting is not absolute ever. Even sometimes commitments, when those happen, those can change and, and players have a change of heart. Um, and I'm not saying they're silently committed or anything like that. I just think Arkansas is in the lead for, the, for those young men. And, um, you know, at some point, you know, uh, w- once they get past the visits, these are players that really are looking to um, – from everything I'm told, is to get a commitment and sign during the early period. Now, something mm. could change there, too. But that's the plan, and that comes up pretty fast. I mean, mid-November is not that far away no. uh, when you really think about it. Um, and, and what we've seen Arkansas do in early periods and in, in recent years is getting most of their commitments. Anthony Black was a, an exception. 
uh, from the high school ranks. But you know, mo- for the most part, even even that 2020 class, you had one of the four that signed, but all four committed before the or during at least during the early period. So those are two players I think to be off the board and to Arkansas fairly soon. All right, that's Kevin McPherson, Fitz Hills with us. I'm Rick Schaefer, and we'll return with more basketball talk or anything you want to talk about if you call us, 501-661-1037 on Drive Time Sports. When you're on the road, we're the voices inside your head. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. Fitz Hill, Rick Schaefer with you. Randy Rainwater out, might be out for much of the week this week. And uh, we hope he's back very, very soon. Not feeling too good at this point. And we, of course, have Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson with us tonight. Kevin, uh, you talked about a lot of recruits, and you just mentioned briefly Layden Blocker. Okay, so you can see all these recruiting ratings. They move up, they move down. He just moved up to number 22. He, and he is, this is on ESPN's group, which is the top-rated four-star. He's one spot from being a five-star. What does that mean for him and I assume he's solidly committed to Arkansas. Well, let's see. Is he on? I don't know. Kevin, did we lose you? I still show that he is still on. So I guess we'll. Guys, can you hear me? Okay, yeah. now we got you. Right. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Layden Blocker moves up in the ESPN yeah. ratings to number 22. He's the highest ranked four star in their ratings. Uh, one away from being a five-star. What does that mean for him? Yeah. Is he solidly committed to the Razorbacks? Will Will he sign in November? Yes. Yes, he's solidly committed. He will sign in November. And it's it, it, the recruiting rankings are very interesting. So he he moved up to number 22. He's the highest-rated four-star in ESPN. He's, inside, he's 29 in both Rivals and 247 Sports, which is also four-star. But 247 Sports also generates, in addition to its own rankings, a composite ranking, which is basically an aggregate of the three major services, ESPN, Rivals, and 247 Sports. And after ESPN's update, the aggregate or the composite at 247 updated and blockers at number 25, and he is a five-star recruit according to the composite rankings. Wow. So he is now... You know he he's got a version of of a five star ranking. In fact, you know if, you, if 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 the point being that between the three services put together, they consider him a five star, then great. But that's we I put a story out about that uh, yesterday when that when that actually kind of broke and we saw those updated composite rankings. Uh, don't ask me how to explain how he can be a four star, a high level four star in all three of the rankings. And that create and that generates a five star ranking in the composite ab- aggregate. It's not exactly an average, but it's similar to an average, and I call it an aggregate. Very good. Okay, so now you're out there on the recruiting trail. You're talking about how they're always on the recruiting trail. Basically, they know not everybody's coming back off of this team. Do they have kind of an idea? Uh, like, what if these some of these four stars don't play very much forward, or some of the other guys? Can you keep them there? Are they going to do like this year and say we got to get ten or eleven new players, or do they say, "Hey, there's we're only going to lose three or four, so that's all we can sign"? Yeah, I think one of the things I think that Musman does a great job of he's constantly uh, considering where his, you know, the situations obviously evolve. 
I mean, he's changed rotations in January, which changes things for players. Um, you know, uh, who knows if Devo Davis or Jalen Williams would have stuck around had they not moved into the top part of that rotation when they did as freshmen. Because they spent roughly half that season. I mean, there were two games in their non-conference schedule where neither one of them got off the bench and played, and that was a pretty soft non-conference schedule. So things changed for them. So I think he's really good at constantly monitoring the developments in his program because he controls most of those developments. And, and understanding what he needs then or what he thinks he needs then and then making adjustments as they go along. And then he's always got the portal. This is where I think this guy's been so much better than everybody else is because I think a lot of schools are still dealing with how to, how to best mine the portal. And he, he, he just he seems to really – now, he, you know, he's had a few swings and misses, not many, though. Not and many. typically the majority of the players he gets out of the portal are, are, are players that have really helped Arkansas – when you look at those back-to-back elite eights, I mean, Jalen Tate, Justin Smith, you know, last season, uh, it's a Moody, uh, and, and, of course, uh, Trey Wade, Odise Tony, And let's not forget J.D. Notay, who was the prize he got in his first recruiting class when right. he sit out a year. Yeah. Sixth man of the year, the fall, his first year over playing at Arkansas. And then last season, third-team All-American, first-team All-SEC. So he's done a pretty good job with that portal and getting players that not necessarily other programs identified as, as you know, the, the same way that he did. Well, they have done an amazing job, no doubt about that. So uh, are they practicing yet? They, of course, they took the break after they got back from Europe. School's, school's yeah. in session. Can they practice now? I'm talking about before the – I know official practice starts in October, but they get so many hours per week with them. Has that already started? Yeah, they're back for one hour. They're back to limited practice, four hours per week. So, you know, he, he often has chopped that up to one-hour practice, four days a week. Sometimes they cut that a little bit and, and stretch it out, or they might do it in three days. But that's that's only going to last for a couple of weeks or so, and then they'll pick up. with They'll really scale it up late September. Uh, but I'll just tell you, you know, Anthony Black, remember Arkansas's team moved on campus. He was in – with Team USA, he didn't get on campus with everybody because not only uh, Team USA played in that FIBA Americas event um, and, and, and won that event, the gold medal, uh, back in June. And I think, you know, the, most of the team had moved back on campus that final weekend in, in May. Well, last week, over the weekend, not the entire week, but, uh, Thursday night, Anthony Black and Layden Blocker, they both arrived in Los Angeles, and they took part. It's Chris Paul's prestigious camp. CP3 elite guard camp, the top 24 players in the guards in the country, 12 from the college game, 12 from the high school level. So Anthony Black and, and Layden Blocker took part in that. So they arrived Thursday. They were there through Sunday. Uh, so it was another big-time opportunity for both players to showcase. There were over 50 NBA scouts and, and, and front office personnel attending this event. So it's a big deal. You have Chris Paul and other NBA players serving as instructors, mentors, and then they compete. The pros compete against the college players. The pros compete, compete against the high school players. Uh, but I talked to an NBA scout who attended. I can't name them because they're not supposed to talk about this stuff publicly. But the scout I talked to said that Anthony Black was the number one prospect on his board that he saw at this camp. Wow. said he just loves his game. He said other than not knocking down three-point shots, he, he excelled at everything else and said he was the top player there. So there again, as we think about who might be back and who might not be back, that's a pretty good indication about Anthony Black, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I just retweeted a talk about aggregates. Um, there was a uh, hoops hype put out an aggregate of the of the top eight or the most respected eight mock drafts for 2023. Sort of the ones that are the most more serious ones are ones that are followed and respected. And you had Nick Smith as the the aggregate. He was the third overall pick, which we've seen that. Yeah. But, but when you put all these together, all the eight mocks together, his average or aggregate was the third pick and the top college basketball player. Uh, and then Anthony Black was at number nine. And so that tells you that he's considered, you know, obviously a lottery pick right now uh, before anything happens. And just the, you know, apparently performance he just had, had NBA scouts, at least the one I talked to, kind of over the moon with him. Um, and you expect that from a top-level five-star player. I mean, you don't, that's why they're ranked so highly, because they continue to impress. What about Jordan Walsh? Yeah, Jordan Walsh was not – you talking about where was he in that aggregate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, good question. He was, he came in at number 35. So okay. he's, he's got – he's had some, some um, first-round grades. He's had some uh, mid to late second. And there may be some where he's not on the draft boards now. But he came in at number 35, and if you think about where Jalen Williams went at number 34, that's early second round if, if it were to hold. Now, he can obviously uh, make or break himself as a freshman, um, you know, outperforming where that projection is right now. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk about a five-star, he certainly could do that. Um, but, so you just never know. And I think when I look back at what I saw from him in Europe, especially those first two games in Spain, I understood why he's rated so highly. I thought maybe those two final games when they were in Italy, I thought maybe he tried to do a little too a bit too much. But they've got two more months before the season even starts. There's a young man that's got all the talent uh, to, to, to live up to a one-and-done first-round uh, kind of projection, which, which is what he's had often. That's what happens when you recruit five stars, isn't it? So even if they get this 6'11 guy, He's a five star. You might only get him for a year, right? That's the way it works. Isn't yeah, it? that's how it works. And, and, and you know, Trevon Brazil. I mean, this is a guy that could be a yeah. first rounder. There's potential yep. there. Yeah. After you know, so he would be a two and done overall and one at Arkansas potentially. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't know that, but I'm just saying right now when you're recruiting at a level where you look on your roster and you see multiple pros, future pros, it's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Kevin, thanks a lot. Appreciate the time with you today.